Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cowboy meal valid when product served. Welcome to episode number 44 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. Dustin Galker, Adam Candy with me this week. Guys, we are coming off of one of the weirdest podcasts we have had to do since we've started doing podcasts here for the network. And I imagine this one is not going to be any more normal. This is going to be an incredibly strange podcast as we are in some incredibly strange times Right now, guys, we're not going to be preaching to you about what you should be doing with your life. We are just going to be talking about how everything that's going on in the world right now relates back to this industry that we cover here. So if you're looking for information on what to do, obviously go to the CDC, go to John Hopkins, go to whatever, any of those websites and things like that. They will tell you what you should be doing. We are just going to be reporting on the things that are happening in the world and how those are looked at and how those are affecting everything through the lens of the gambling industry and the gambling world. And so with that, let's go ahead and I'm going to bring in, you know, two of the, the foremost experts on all that in Dustin Galker and Adam Candy here and guys, uh, however we want to kick this off, whoever wants to kick it off, but we are looking at some uh, incredibly strange times here in the industry that we work in. Casinos are shut down. States are quarant- basically quarantining people not allowed to go out, not allowed to gamble, not allowed to sports bet, not allowed to go out uh, outside of their houses and do these things. And so um, it is it is certainly we're learning things by the hour, basically. I mean, things are changing, but certainly, uh, you know, this time next week when we do this podcast, we will probably have a whole new set of mandates in place that we're going to have to deal with. You know, Matt, uh, as I've been writing stories this week or as I've been editing the work of other folks at Legal Sports Report, it has been amazing that I can't finish writing or editing the piece without some piece of information in the article already being obsolete. I mean, that really has been the pace of the rapid changes that we've seen over the last week in not only the sports betting, but of the overall sports landscape. Um, you know, right here in Nevada, where you and I are, uh, obviously the casinos are shut down for a 30 day period. There are a handful of sports betting apps that will remain open, but of course the ones that are still offering markets are offering things like Russian basketball and, and, you know, uh, horse racing. Cause that's really the only thing that's left at this point. Legislative activity has slowed down quite a bit. We'll talk a little bit more when we uh, get into the meat of things here about that. But, you know, I, I think it is one of those times where, you know, we are trying to live not only day to day, but hour to hour, minute to minute, and just let things 
come as they are because trying to look any farther into the future, I think we've seen in the last seven days is pretty futile. I think you could look just as as our last podcast, right? When we were on live on, on doing the podcast and March Madness was just announcing that fans were not going to be allowed. And obviously in the, in the intervening days, less than a week, we've had, you know, basically sports have shut down. It's, uh, uh, and we don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, certainly we're looking, you know, we'll get into this more, I'm sure, but I mean, we're looking at least, you know, best case scenario, two to three months of, of no sports, whereas, which is obviously has massive ramifications for the sports betting industry. And while you think people might not care about that in the current landscape, it is something that was, you know, growing lots of interest. People still want to do. And now you're now you're faced with a world where there's uh, almost no sports and, and almost no gambling on the sports either. This is yeah. I mean, this is something that we are you know, taking a look at here from just an industry standpoint with how these companies are going to and not necessarily survive. But I mean, they are having to take some drastic measures as well i mean when we look at how these are going and we were talking about this in our private slack chat amongst the company yesterday but these gaming companies and just the stock market and we know that the stock market as a whole has been taking a beating but i mean these gaming companies absolutely massive if you take a look at when trading one month ago at 137 dollars and as we are taping this podcast right now down to 42 dollars we are talking one month, we are talking 30 days going from 137 down to $42.89. You are looking at Las Vegas Sands that has seen massive declines. MGM Resorts, Boyd, all of these companies going way down. And, and, and Dustin, you know, one of the ones that we were we've been watching, you know, along the way as well, made a major purchase very recently for several, several, several million dollars. And it has not been a kind 30 days to them either. Yeah, I mean, all of them, any casino stock has been bad, obviously, because casino, uh, you know, I think we're pretty much down to I mean, casinos everywhere are going to be shut down. There's not going to be too many places that are open. But these large regional companies and in the na- large national companies, I mean, really anybody is 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 getting hurt. You're talking about Penn National, of course, uh, did the deal end of January with uh, Barstool Sports which now looks like some of the worst timing in, in any deal in gambling history. Uh, the, like they announced it just like a couple of days before, you know, the world health organization announced, uh, announced that this was a, this pandemic was coming and it was, it really started getting serious. Uh, it, it traded at a, it's, it's 52 week high was 3918 uh, for stock for Penn national. As, as I look at it now, it's down 40% just today trading at about 450. This is, yeah, this is uh, you know, and or I think the acquisition for Barstool was in the low 30s of uh, Barstool's low 30s. So that's uh, not not great news. I, I jokingly you know look at this because of the timing on, on the on the Twitter machine, but this re- I mean it really is just absolutely bad timing. It has nothing to do with Barstool. This is just the world that 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 gambling companies who aren't are mostly online or mo- aren't mostly in, in, in casino se- sector. This is the world they're confronted with. But uh, yeah, kind of brutal if. You're any stock, especially Penn National. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned the 52-week high. I mean, we were just talking just one month ago, sitting on February the 19th, trading at $37, and as you mentioned, closing today at $4.50. But it is all over. I mean, we mentioned some of those, but it's it's also all of the other companies that you've heard us talk about as well, some of these ones that are behind the scenes, IGT, 
scientific games, uh, you know, just another, of course, Caesars as well, that it that just announced yesterday, last night, that they were going to be closing all of their properties across the country as well. All of these just taking massive, massive hits and, uh, you know, just really, really plummeting as far as that goes. Um, Adam, when we take a look at this, I mean, you know, we we know that the casino companies are going to be, you know, at least these casino companies do have some form. Some of them at least have a way to make money in the interim. There is some of them will be able to offer online gaming. Some of them will be able to, you know, make a little bit of cash while the actual physical doors are shut. But, you know, we we focused a lot here on the podcast on the sports betting angle of things and the sports betting companies. And with no sports to bet on outside of, as we were kind of joking about Russian basketball, some crazy, you know, Australian rules, football and, and, and horse racing, it is got to be, I'm not going to, to speak for these companies, but it's, you got to think that they're going to have to start getting creative with some things here, especially if we're looking at, as Adam Silver said, no NBA until mid June. If that's the case, you know, the other sports are going to follow suit as well. We've already had opening day of major league baseball pushback you got to think that if if NBA isn't going to be back until June, that we're probably not going to have baseball till June either. Probably not going to have hockey till June either as well. So um, it's going to have to get pretty creative in these uh, in these crazy times. It will be very interesting to see the divide between casino companies that have sports betting operations and those who have truly leveraged themselves all the way when it comes to sports betting because. You know, the diversity of offerings obviously goes a long way for those who have online, for those who don't, um, that, you know, that's obviously a much different story. Um, when it comes to those companies that do have something else to offer, though, it's important to keep in mind that when we talk about sports betting, and of course, you know, we've spent the last two years talking about sports betting, when it comes to where sports betting fits into the picture overall for most casinos and for most gaming companies, it is a very, very small slice of the pie. I mean, it's essentially an amenity. And because the business is such a low margin business that runs on volume, it is not one that, you know, any casino company was relying on solely when for uh, for its income. Now, obviously, a different situation if you're uh, if you're an online operator who is dealing largely with just sports betting or DFS or other things that are completely reliant on games, you know, as for the places in Nevada and the Las Vegas Strip specifically that have had to shut down, um, you know, this is this is a tricky time because you only had a few years of recovery from the 2009 recession, which Nevada was one of the last states to come out of for those casinos to start to get healthy in some ways. And then the October 1st shooting occurred, which caused a dip in visitation to Las Vegas for quite a while for factors well beyond uh, the control of Las Vegas, then just within the past 12 months, you saw MGM resorts laying off a thousand manager level employees as it prepared for the future. So, you know, you're going to see that market constrict even more and beyond the companies. You know, we talk about the corporations and the companies with the Las Vegas strip shutting down research from UNLV says that there are nearly 100,000 people who work on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, a lot of them are people who work on tips and on gratuities, and all of those people are, are suddenly out of work for at minimum a month. And the more you read from uh, from health authorities, it could stretch on even a little bit beyond that. 
And Dustin, there is at least a couple of things that are still going on on the gambling side of things as well. Of course, the casinos, you can still play online casinos over in Jersey, Pennsylvania. We're also looking at online poker in Nevada and over in uh, Jersey and Pennsylvania as well. So that is something that we'll probably keep a closer eye on than we normally do here on this podcast to see how the numbers get affected with those. Of course, we have the sister side as well online poker report if you want to follow that on a day-to-day basis but to see if there is let's not call it a poker boom by any stretch of the imagination because there's still a lot of restrictions on who can and can't play online poker but it will be one of the options that are available to people out there if they are looking to kind of fill a void so seeing poker numbers and things might be uh might be something we pay a little bit more attention to here on the pod yeah, I mean, people hey, right now, people are, you know, not necessarily always thinking about the long term where they're looking at things to do. People who are betting on sports are looking at things to replace that. They're looking they're either betting on some of the ridiculous things that you would never bet on otherwise, unless you're, you know, just unless you just happen to be an expert on Korean basketball or what have you. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, especially and then Nevada for online poker, that people are going to move to those four of gambling in the short term you're also seeing you know there's still still the ponies are racing places and you're seeing more emphasis on that you go to the FanDuel app uh for for sports betting and they'll send you they'll instantly try to send you either to tvg FanDuel racing uh their horse their two horse betting apps that are owned by flutter or to their casino that's available in both pennsylvania and new jersey use as well so that you know that's if you it goes back to adam's point if you're diversified if you have more than just sports you're relying on then you're you're going to make it through this a little bit better uh you know certainly FanDuel is a little is better positioned than than some other companies that are you know obviously the dfs and Sports betting operations are, are all but shut down, but we have, you know, they have something else to go on. You know, companies like I don't, I don't, I don't want to speculate too much on their on their their positions or what's going on. DraftKings, PointsBet, William Hill, these are these are largely sports betting companies who are uh, don't don't really have much they can do in the current uh, current operate uh, landscape of things in the U.S. Uh, DraftKings does have casino in New Jersey. Um, you're also seeing FanDuel and DraftKings just roll out all manner of crazy free contests, you know, ba- contests based on Survivor, based on Top Chef, based on uh, the Democratic debate. I think FanDuel and DraftKings both had like a free to play contest where you where you could uh you could either be fantasy or betting, uh, fake betting on, on outcomes of the of the Democratic primary. So that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. I think you're going to see some some creativity on player retention and and what's going on. But uh, it is obviously dire times if you're a, a largely a sports betting company. Yeah, William Hill, I imagine, is going to be uh, hurt pretty badly in all of this as well. And you know, one of the companies that we talked about that has really just gained a ton of traction across the United States was just seems like they were available. It seems like they were part of every single deal that we were talking about here on the podcast in one way, shape or form. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how that all pans out for them here over the next couple of months. And this is a tough stretch here, but Adam, you know, one of the things we also follow are these bills that are trying to get pushed through bills that are trying to happen. We were talking about last week that we didn't know where we were going to be a week later. Here we are. A week later, and we have started to see a lot of the state legislators starting to shut down. Yeah, that is definitely an effect that's going on nationwide. I think last last week we were kind of speculating, would they stay open for the purpose of trying to deal with essential legislation or would they 
just shut down entirely. And, you know, uh, per the guidelines of most places of not having gatherings larger than about 10 people, just based on the functionality of that, you can't really bring together the legislatures. Uh, we have seen that some legislatures have been able to push things here quickly, um, jumping ahead a little bit on our agenda, but, you know, Maryland was able to expedite uh, measure through its legislature over the last couple of days before it shuts down today. Took a lot of the details out of the bill, but did pass something that will at least send it to the ballot in the fall. So, yeah, um, I think that, you know, we, we were looking at, I believe, 21 states that had some form of active legislation for sports betting this year. Um, obviously bet heavily on the under with that at this point. So, Dustin, let's uh, this was something that I was entertained, very entertained with you on Twitter yesterday, and we've made fun of how D.C. has handled a ton of this along the way as it goes. And you know what? Let me just turn it over to you and talk about D.C. here. Yeah. So uh, out of the blue, I guess not out of the blue. This has kind of been out there. The, the Washington, D.C., which legalized sports betting, their their app is apparently uh, close to going live, uh, which is, you know, you know, there's unfortunate timing with launches uh, in Illinois and Michigan. Was that really just last week? That seems like, like five I months know. ago at this point. Right. But uh, and then Montana launched last week too, uh, limited with some with some betting here. D.C., like knowing that there's no sports to bet on is apparently going to uh, launch their app. This is, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know of, of our dislike of, of the company Intralot, which is running the app. And, uh, you know, this is this is really just, you know, I mean, this has been a, a dumpster fire for a long time. I think that's, that's, I think we'd all agree on that, what DC has done. But like, why are you launching a sports betting app in the middle of of, of the pandemic when there's nothing to bet on, you usually get a pretty good spike out of, Oh, here's, here's sports betting. It's legal. You can do that. You get free media, all that. You're just, you know, you're dumping this into a void to have, I, I, I don't know what the point of it is. I guess, you guess you can test it, but you could also just beta test it in the background without that. So a very weird timing. Uh, we're also, we also know from the Montana rollout, which is also an interlot product that they were, you know, VIG was kind of through the roof, minus 133 sides. I, I'd imagine, you know, what we know of DC sports betting where they're trying to provide, you know, something like uh, a return of, of only maybe perhaps uh, 70 or 80% to the player that we're going to see ridiculous lines like that on, you know, the aforementioned Turkish soccer and Russian basketball and things like that. So DC, uh, very strange. I don't know. I don't know why you'd launch right now other than you want to test it out and be ready and see if you're ready for the load when, when things really get rolling in. But at the same time, I would just roll it out in the summer when, when things get going again. And uh, so kind of mystifying, I think, from from all standpoints. Adam, I'm glad that Dustin brought up what, what went on in Montana, because we've said on this podcast before, and I've been guilty of saying it, that, you know what, having something is better than having nothing. We've talked about that when we say when we've uh, talked about California and how something could ever possibly get done over there. And some of these other states where we say, ah, you know, it's not the best, but having something is better than having nothing. And then comes along Montana to make me completely walk back that statement and say, you know what? Maybe having something isn't better than having nothing here. When we see the way that they launched that in Montana and, you know, you and I living this industry and being around it so incredibly much. And, you know, we, we've talked about do minus minus one twelve lines really matter as opposed to minus minus one ten lines. And is that really going to affect the betting public? Are you really ri ripping off 
the betting public when you do different things like that. But then when we saw what went on in Montana and see what a disaster it can be when there isn't competition in a marketplace, it really does make you start to go, okay, you know what? Maybe having nothing is better than having something. I'm actually going to point Dustin back to an experience we had, gosh, almost a year ago at this point, being at Ice North America in Boston last May, where Eric Ramsey had pointed out to us the Interlot display and had shown us uh, what was on that screen, which turned out to be remarkably like what it ended up launching in Montana with these insanely priced sides and money lines. And, you know, for anybody who's done this once or twice, if I say to you that the money lines on a game between, let's say, you know, Kansas and, and the Sisters of the Poor is lined at minus 1100 on Kansas and plus 300 on the Sisters, you can pretty quickly figure out just how ridiculous these prices are. So, you know, Matt, to your point, yeah, I understand that for some people, you just want to be able to have a piece of the action and maybe you are not savvy to this whole thing and you don't really even look at what the numbers are next to your team. You just see that you can bet on your team. It'll be pretty stark when you see what the return is though on a winning bet when you talk to anybody else who's bet anywhere else and see what that is. So Intralot, who was the sports betting provider in Montana, so they got the exclusive rights to that contract. Um, they're taking advantage of people. There's no other way to look at it. They're taking advantage of inexperience and people who are not used to betting on sports. DC, though, DC had choices. DC didn't have to do it this way. DC decided to go with Intralot and decided to go with Intralot to the exclusion of any other provider. Uh, we have a good article up on LegalSportsReport.com. I think it was about two or three weeks ago that Matthew Waters looked at how single operator states were doing. And uh, lo and behold, most of them are not doing particularly well right now. So, you know, for DC to launch this at this particular time is just the just the chef's kiss of of perfect toppings to how this entire process has been handled in Washington. We wrote at the time of the uh, at the time of the expulsion of Jack Evans, the councilman most responsible for Interlot being pushed upon the DC council at the time of his expulsion from the council for FBI allegations not having to do with Interlot, we wrote that it should have been reviewed. The contract should have been looked at again in light of the fact that someone who was just expelled from the council who has ties to Interlot through his consulting firm is the one who put this forward and was most responsible for the district ending up with this situation. I'd repeat that call right now, although it seems like it would fall on deaf ears. Now, practically, if we look at this from another angle, what it suggests to me if they're launching it right now in March, they're launching it into the void of nothing. I think it's pretty bad. Like I, I think what they have is obviously not a good product because there's no company in the world that would choose to launch a product at a time when, when customers look at it, they go, what is this? They're hoping customers won't look at it. And to me, that makes me say, why didn't you hold on? But I think that there's something here since this launch is months late anyway, there's something here that suggests, you know what, this product wasn't any good. It wasn't going to get any better. And they decided to say, the hell with it. Just get it out there. 
I'll also say I'm I'm team. Uh, who cares about the vig? Usually, like people get bent out of shape versus on minus one ten versus minus one fourteen lines. I don't think average run of the mill sports better cares. This is I mean, this is predatory what they do here. This is and it's it's just not good. It's not it's not a good user experience either. It's you know it's one thing to want to make money off sports betting by by charging a little bit more vig and you know if you, if you want to make some at the edges great. But when you're just you're barely return you're getting all the losing bets and then you're barely you're like the you're getting way less money back on a winning bet it's just i just don't see why people would want to bet like that i think even if you're not sensitive to vig i think you and just have no idea what you're doing you're i think eventually you get you get wise to this pretty quickly when you see you when you're, you're getting returns if we're up to like minus 135 one minus 140 lines on the side like I think you're gonna figure this out as a consumer right. that this is really really bad really bad for you. I don't again you can you don't you don't have to know what Vig is to say like okay I want to bet but I only got like half my money back. That's like that's not a good user experience. Yeah, and that's the thing that we've you know preached on this podcast time and time again was the fact that legalization does give you the option to not go to these illegal books and to not use these offshore books and despite the fact that. Yeah, you might get a tiny bit of a reduced VIG on one of, you know, on some of the lines on the offshore. Just knowing that you are in a legalized, regulated market where you have recourse if you were to not get paid or whatever it might be. Like there are things in line where you can feel comfortable with everything you're doing. But you look at something like this and doesn't you you've you've been really the voice in the industry on stuff like this. But like you look and like you're saying, it's like you kind of go. Well, you're not giving the person a reason to not play offshore. You're basically like a foot. You're basically giving them a reason to take their money to the black market here as opposed to to spend it legally in your state. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not going to tell people to go bet offshore, but I'm certainly not telling anybody to go bet with the interlock product in Montana or D.C. This is gar- these are garbage. You should not support this. You should actually avoid them so that you get something better. I mean, we have problems with with what I have in in Oregon, but by and large, it's at least a reasonable product with with not garbage lines. You know, you can you uh, it works pretty well. It's the, this that's the something is better than nothing. The something I have here in Oregon is is better than nothing. The something that you're getting in these in in Montana and DC, I would argue is 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 nothing. You might as well not have it. Uh, I, again, I would not say Go bet on offshore, but I mean, if the, if you're those are your options, I would just I would not I would actually say don't support the legal option because it's that bad. Maybe, maybe I'm a little over the top, but it's that bad. No, it 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 definitely it, it definitely is. <laughs> it definitely is. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's just no way to win. They basically, I mean, it's, it's basically not really sports betting. Right, I mean, right. Sports right. betting. There's no way to win. Betting, yeah. You have you should be like getting you should be able to win in half the time you should like if you're betting sides you should you should be able to you know recoup up to you know if you're a little bit better than a coin flip at winning you shouldn't lose that much money in the long term and this is just you're gonna lose you can't yeah. you can't possibly beat the, the 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 offering in montana and you know not not that montana and dc not that any not that a lot of anybody is beating anything but it's just not a fair it's just not fair it's, you're just yeah. not you're just going to, you're just going to, you're just pissing away money basically. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, not much fun. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent there. Um, Adam, you mentioned as we were talking about some things that did get done before some of these legislators were shutting down, you mentioned Maryland. Uh, won't you give everyone the, the kind of full rundown there about Maryland? Sure. So Maryland and Virginia have been in sort of a neck and neck race through the last couple of months to see who was going to not only legalize sports betting, but to become the 
fair-haired uh, bell of the ball who could attract Daniel Snyder of the Washington Redskins to build a stadium in their jurisdiction that could host legal sports betting sometime after the lease expires for the Redskins at FedEx Field in 2027. Uh, Maryland was moving along pretty well and then ultimately decided to end its legislature early because of coronavirus fears. And so what they did was uh, the Senate took the House bill, basically stripped the entire uh, piece of the language out of there and turned it just into a ballot question. Now, keep in mind, it was always going to have to go to the ballot in Maryland. There are constitutional restrictions that require that. But the license fees and the taxes and the other specifics were removed from the bill. And it got boiled down to this question, which will go to the ballot in the fall. Do you favor the expansion of commercial gaming in the state of Maryland to authorize sports and event betting for the primary purpose of raising revenue for education? If you are a proponent of sports betting in Maryland, that could not look like a better version of the question, especially when you go back to a state like Colorado that had sports betting on the ballot in the fall and had a question that was structured essentially to say, do you want to raise taxes to have sports betting? Uh, that was required by uh, by state law there. So in any case, what ended up happening was that this will go to the ballot as a shell, essentially. The previous bill would have legalized sports betting at four casinos, three racetracks, and a yet-to-be-built stadium that could have housed the Washington Redskins. It was looking at license fees, uh, pretty hefty, of one and a half to two and a half million, and tax rate of about 20%. So it would have been one of the uh, higher burdens that we've seen in legal sports betting in the U.S. We'll see what happens if it comes back to that because the legislature will have the opportunity uh, to fill in some of these details if it's approved at the ballot in November. Dustin, whenever we mention New York on this podcast, it's typically something bad, but this time we have something good. Oh, never mind. That's not the case at all. Sorry. We We don't have anything good to say about New York. Yeah, uh, I mean, we thought we, we kind of thought, uh, alluded to uh, legislatures not really focusing on things other than, you know, uh, Maryland is obviously moving forward. But New York uh, does not. You know, the most likely way for it to happen was to get through, um, get put into the, the state budget, you know, as, as all of this is coming down, you know, putting getting sports betting, which was already going to be a heavy lift into the budget, looks uh, looks increasingly dire, according to, you know, the sources, you know, Senator Joseph Dabo talks to us all the time and, and kind of keeps us updated on what's going on. Uh, interview with him over there at Legal Sports Report. But, you know, I, right now, I think we're, I, I'm going to be pessimistic on anything getting done. Maryland got done because it was so close to the finish line. Um, it was, and again, they're kind of punting on the details. I think if you had to, had, they had to force to do the details down, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but they're at least going to take that first step. Like Adam said, of getting the legislature going. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say we're not going to see any other sports betting, uh, legalization happen this year, but it's going to be, you know, in the, in the climate of, of legislature shutting down or an election year, uh, it's just a lot of uncertainty, and I and I guess I don't see you know New York or elsewhere really this kind of thing gaining a ton of traction until we we come back next year. And Adam, before we get out of here, let's check in on Kansas and let everybody know if they are what, what situation they are sitting in there. State of Kansas already had a bill clear the Senate, and then that bill, after going over to the House was met with resistance that said, yeah, that's uh, that's nice that you passed a bill. Uh, we're going to pass our own bill. And if you look at the two bills, uh, the Senate bill 
a tiered tax rate of five and a half percent for in-person wagers and eight percent for mobile wagers. Uh, that that five and a half percent would become the lowest in the country uh, that we've seen when it comes to not only sports betting, but gaming in general. Uh, the House bill looks much more friendly to leagues in terms of having official league data for in-play wagers required in terms of giving sports leagues the ability to request that wagers are restricted on a specific event. Uh, in either case, you're looking at the lottery. Uh, I should say in the House bill, you're looking at the lottery having control. Uh, and if you're looking at the Senate bill, it leans more toward the states, uh, sort of the state owned casinos. So, uh, you know, casinos versus lottery, low tax versus high tax, official data mandate versus no official data mandate. This kind of sets up as every discussion we've ever had uh, when it comes to the two different versions of these bills that are out there. Unsurprisingly, the casinos in the state are opposed to that House bill. Uh, this was something that, you know, we reported on last week. We have not updated since, but of course, you know, uh, the, the way things are moving in the country right now, uh, no way to say when this might or might not move forward. Guys, what a week it has been. I mean, since we got on this podcast last time, the NCAA tournament was canceled. The XFL season was canceled. The UFC has now been put on ice. The NBA has paused their season. The NHL has paused their season. Major League Baseball has pushed back opening day. The PGA Tour has canceled several events. It has postponed the Masters. It has postponed the PGA Championship. The Kentucky Derby has been rescheduled for the fall. And this all happened in the seven days since our last podcast. So just to kind of give you an idea of how this sports world and how everything has changed just in these seven days and no doubt in the seven days between the next podcast, we are going to have a massive amount of change and things go on as well. I mean, Dustin, when you take a look and I've been saying this, you know, time and time again, I mean, I think that this, these, the last seven days, I think for me is probably the, the strangest like seven days I can remember in my life. I mean, I look back even on nine 11 when, when that happened. And for me, I mean, maybe it was because I was just so much younger. I was, you know, I was still in college and stuff at the time. And it certainly wasn't at a full adult yet to be able to understand the magnitude of everything. So, I mean, it just, I guess maybe this, this week has just hit me a little bit harder now that I'm, you know, am older and consider myself to be more of an adult and more of aware of things that are going on, you know, in the world. But that's, I think that that's the kind of the key word for me here The you know, nine 11 affected the United States and it was certainly horrible for us for an extended period of time. But this, you know, with this affecting literally the entire world here, wrapping, wrapping our brains around all this stuff is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'll say 9-11 for me, I lived uh, about a mile from the Pentagon. I could go on the roof of my apartment building and actually see the Pentagon. I saw I, I did that that morning and saw saw the smoke coming out. So it, it impacts me a little bit more, not not uh, totally different things. And uh, this is obviously, yes, more wide ranging. The The impact for me is 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 pretty similar where, yeah, we're living like it's hard to imagine things happening that again, even a week ago, we knew this was kind of coming, that things were bad around the world. I don't think any of us really thought the world of sports was going to get shut down entirely like a week ago. It, yeah, maybe we started thinking it right again, right as we were recording this podcast, but early last week, I was like, that, that would have been a an outcome that I'm not sure 
I mean, I would have put it on a range of outcomes, but I didn't really think it was going to happen. And now we're sitting here looking at it. And if I, I don't know if you think it's only going to be like a week or two or, or now we're now everybody. The NBA said June MLB is postponed opening day at least until the middle of May. Uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby has already punted to September. There's this is a we're, we're kind of in it for the long haul. I think if you're I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment if you're thinking sports and, and sports betting are coming back real soon. Um, doesn't mean we're not going to keep talking about it and keep you know, assessing what this all this means as, as things go, time goes on there's obviously going to be companies that are that are that, that struggle through all this in, in our space and and obviously beyond well beyond in casino gaming and everything else in the world but um i don't know i don't i don't know if i have a point to all that but yes this is uh this is a wild time to be alive hopefully we you know we get everybody gets through it safely healthily and we all this is happening for a reason and not just uh you know i hope i hope we hope it hope everything all the measures that are be taking really you know are for the best for sport for the world and for humanity right yeah no absolutely and adam you know i mean this is it's it's certainly more even far reaching when you think of the trickle down effect with all of this, you know, the just looking at this again through what we cover here, the NCAA tournament getting canceled, all of the hourly workers that work in the arenas, all the people that were going to be set to work the television broadcasts and things like that, the XFL season getting completely canceled and all the people who had found jobs within that niche of things that were going on. The UFC events are, you know, still independent contractors work on tons of those things. I don't have to tell you that what that means for the NBA and the NHL postponing their seasons for all of those people. Same with major league baseball, pushing back things and the PGA tour and stuff. And it just, uh, the, when you really kind of sit down and you think about, you know, we're, we're, we look at the very, very big picture of all of these things like, Oh man, I flip on my television. And I don't have sports, but you really start to take in the trickle down effect as well. And it's, uh, you, you understand that how just massive this impact really and truly is. Uh, Matt, you said that very well. And I, this is the time where I really draw upon the background I have in covering news and business and maybe looking at this a little bit more holistically, I think, than, um, than, than I feel like others are. And, and I'll be very honest, guys, when we were talking about this last week, I knew it was serious, but I was only just starting to kind of figure out how serious and, and the spread of the virus and the potential to impact hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives. And now we're seeing that impacts not only in terms of health, but we're seeing it in terms of the economy as well. There are a dozen states, Nevada here included, where restaurants and bars have been ordered shut by governors. And it's 100 percent the right move. Uh, at the same time, hundreds of thousands of people are suddenly out of work and they don't know for how long. And many of them rely on cash. Um, you know, we, we are fortunate that, that we have the opportunity to continue talking about these things and, you know, to have a, a job that allows us to do that and a platform that allows us to do that. Uh, you know, guys, we talked about the return of sports. I don't know that everyone has fully grasped what it seems to be uh, the message from health officials, which is that if you want sports back sooner, if you don't want to wait longer than two or three months for sports, get in your house and stay there as much as possible. Because if we don't flatten out the curve from a health perspective in terms of the ability of hospitals and, and emergency rooms to take care of the people who are going to become sick from this disease, then it's going to be longer and longer before sports come back. Um, and I don't mean to make light or, or to minimize the impact on health and people's lives and jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we talk about sports here and we talk about sports betting. And, and if you're wanting that, 
then you need to listen to what people are saying when they tell you stay inside, keep social distance, don't do the things that could potentially spread this disease farther because frankly, that's how we get sports back quicker. And, and Dustin, as before we get out of here, you being the, the director of, of our content here uh, across uh, all of our sister sites, if you're wondering, you know, what's open, what's closed, where, where can I gamble? Where can I gamble? Are there options available to me and all that? We have all of that information uh, across our network. Yeah, we're we're trying to update like what's uh, Play USA network. We're trying to update what's open as far as just casinos around the country. Adam's been updating uh, a post on the the impact of coronavirus on again sports betting landscape. Where you know there's there's still horse races going on in some places. Where if you're if you're interested in that, we're trying to keep up with that too. Um, but yeah, I'll echo what Adam says. I, I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum or all of this. But this if you think people I think we're making all these decisions. And it's just going to get better magically. Like you're living in a fantasy world. You're going to get, he's right. You have to, if you want sports back, do what people say. It's if, if, if infection continues growing at, at rates that can't be controlled, it's not going to happen. So if you, if the one thing you really care about is sports betting or sports, you know, again, sounds silly, but there are people who will, will vote only on gambling issues. Like they'll, they'll get, they get ramped up for, if somebody will say, I'll have online poker or uh, you're going to legalize sports betting or legalize DFS. This, these are things that I know motivate people. Right. Right. So if you want that, like stay, stay the F inside. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's definitely a, no doubt about that, guys. Um, as always, we appreciate you giving us your time. We hope that we are able to give you a little bit of a distraction throughout things, if that's what you're looking for. And if you're looking for informational purposes, of course, always at LegalSportsReport.com and across our entire network, we will have all the information that you could possibly need on all the updates with the casinos, the sports betting, online poker, because uh, online casino, whatever it might be that you're looking for, we have all that information uh, to take a look at that stuff. Please, as always, subscribe, rate, and review Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. We do appreciate those, and uh, we will be here with you guys each week throughout all of this and giving you the updates on everything that we know. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.